Cinnabuds, Cinnabuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Welcome, everybody. This is Cinnabuds. I'm Christopher Pollard from Milwaukee Film. I'm Dory Zori from 88.9. Yeah. And today we're very excited to talk about Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Black Panther Wakanda Forever is the new Black Panther movie, obviously. Uh, Ryan Coogler's <laughs> next incarnation of the wonderful Marvel superhero. And uh, I saw it yesterday. Did you, when did you see it? I saw it over the weekend yeah. at Avalon Theater. Jam-packed house, of oh, course. Oh, really? That's great, yeah. Mm-hmm. Box office uh, records through the roof. Good job, everybody. $316 million or something yeah. in the first weekend? Yeah, worldwide. N- no surprises there. It's no. like one of the most anticipated sequels, I feel comfortable saying, of all time. And I would totally agree with you. We've been talking a lot about it here at work uh, just because of the cultural significance, but also because of the super dope soundtrack. Oh, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. We're trying to decide what song from the soundtrack we add. But, (laughs) you know, music is just a part of it. But this film really had everything. It had big moments. It had uh, an emotional underscore of the story about loss and grief. Yeah, I was crying during the opening credits. You know, where they just had uh, Chad Bozeman, different pictures and and moments from his uh, Black Panther uh, career. It's beautiful, Christopher. I within the first two minutes. Like that hadn't even come on the screen yet. Mm-hmm. And within the first two minutes, <laughs> I was drowning in tears. And then, yeah, that that graphic they usually have with Marvel where they do like uh, just a bunch of clips of different Marvel movies. This time it was all dedicated to Chad Bozeman, which was really delightful. And everyone's been saying it, but they did such a good job memorializing him in the movie in a a really sweet way, but also appropriate to the story way. They It was seamless mm-hmm. um, and, and really touching, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people maybe were nervous on how they would. I know I was kind of anxious to find out how they were going to address everything. And I think I, w- I was reading, too, that there was some talk of, are they going to just replace him with someone else? Yeah. But they did it the most respectfully, the most respectful way. I loved it. And Yeah, me too, absolutely. And in such an interesting way. Um, to do it in the story, uh, which we'll talk about more in the podcast. It'll be interesting because I we don't want to give anything away, mm. obviously, uh, but there's a lot of fun details that we probably will talk about, um, but definitely not going to give away any anything major. Um, but yeah, we're going to uh, talk more when we get into the podcast. So uh, stick around right after this. Do you want to know the secret behind the programming you love? It's all funded by the honor system. As a public radio station, we're based on a very simple model. We try to do something meaningful, connecting with you through music and stories. And then we count on those who appreciate what we do to show their support. Are you one of them? Show your support by visiting RadioMilwaukee.org and joining today. All right, we're back. Mm, This is part where we can talk about some details without ruining (laughs) anyone's experience. Let me ahead of time acknowledge the sexy elephant in the room. I've been ill and my voice, (laughs) I know you're thinking they've replaced Christopher 
with Wolfman Jack, mm. if anyone remembers who that is. I do. Uh, <laughs> but apologize if this is sexier than the than it should be. I mean, I think that we've got people just really turning their radios up right now to hear <laughs> yeah. your deeper, deeper voice, yeah. which is appropriate when we're talking about um, a very beautiful, dramatic movie. I think so, too, yeah. All right, so... What do you want to talk about? I mean, did you have any standout favorite parts? Uh, what well, little bits? Yeah. First of all, I will say that I loved it. It, It's um, the first one I really adored because not only the, I mean, uh, um, I, I'm a, I'm an older white man, but I loved comic books. And when I saw the effect the movie had on people who hadn't been represented in this genre before in a movie that busted box office records, as if to say, so you thought you couldn't make money <laughs> with a black lead and like, I'll show you. And it was so great. And how that costume was like, that was all Halloween it was just black Panthers and how the, the Wakanda forever thing, uh, the symbol with your hands. I just loved seeing it just proliferate through everything and a big, I'll show you to the world. Well, there were 30 Marvel movies now, right? And I know that Black Panther 2 was kind of interwoven within a couple different ones, but to have this follow-up to the original, I think, just as powerful yeah, as the first? I'm, honestly, yeah. I mean, you have the added element of the fact that this beloved actor who, thankfully, before he passed, got to see the impact of the first Black Panther, mm -hmm. which is just going back and seeing him interact with fans about it was so delightful. So you have that that you have to deal with and they do it in such a good way that it makes it's a different feel for this movie, but just as just as good, but very different because mm -hmm. you could never I, I always think about that. You're never going to live up to the first one live up to in the sense of like it was it was such a su wonderful surprise and a beautifully visual movie, a cool, fun story for comic book folks, but then culturally impactful. So that's a those are big shoes to fill. But then it, this is different now. Now you're dealing with this homage to the wonderful Chadwick Boseman, plus you're you're taking the story in a new direction with with the after effects. Well, so I thought they did it really well. And I'm kind of um, piggybacking off something you said as a non-comic book uh, fan, yeah. just because I mean I grew up not reading the comic books, although movies like this really want to make me go back. Yeah, As yeah. a middle-aged white woman, all <laughs> the fierce women and the acting and the oh, fight scenes yeah. and the emotion in this movie is something I was really excited to connect with. Yeah, we talked so much, uh, we talked a couple of weeks ago about The Woman King. Yes. Which we talked about the same thing, seeing all these fierce warrior women on screen in an action movie. And we talked about Black Panther then because mm -hmm. it, there were so many connections there. And I thought about you while we were watching this, I was like, yeah, Dory's loving these parts, as am I. The action scenes were amazing, but it, it was to see such a female forward action slash superhero film. Angela Bassett. Yeah. I mean, there was one line she had that started with, I am queen of the most powerful nation in the world. <laughs> and I'm not going to repeat what she says after that because I don't want to give away any spoilers. But that moment, I had chills and I can't even imagine what my face looked like. <laughs> Awe and happiness yeah. and emotion and sadness all at once. I mean, powerful, powerful performances in well, this show. Well, it's funny you bring that up because we were talking about what, what are your favorite moments. Surprisingly, one of my favorite moments in this movie was not an action film, action part. Mm -hmm. And it was actually something I usually hate is like a courtroom scene, which is not really my favorite. 
But there is a scene where the the sort of a UN sort of a scenario is set up and they are talking to Angela Bassett, who's the queen of Wakanda at this point. And they're essentially reading her the riot act like you you're doing something we don't like without giving too many details away. And then she's so calm. And then she just puts them all in their place to the nth degree, which, (laughs) as we talked about multiple times in the story. Uh, in the show, I mean, I love revenge. And this isn't really <laughs> revenge. This is just like, okay, you're done talking. Now the adults are going to talk and just embarrasses. Them. It's so satisfying. Take that, France. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> exactly. Well, and also, too, the, the movie is full of tender and funny moments, but the overarching theme is, is so relevant to what's happening in the world. Like, everyone wants vibranium. Right. And Wakanda's got it, and they are the protectors of it. And so it's just the movie kind of delves into what happens now when other people want to get their hands on this most, yeah. you know, powerful material in the right. world. Yeah, it does. And like, especially in this time, I'm looking at it, I'm like, yeah, this is this would happen. This mm-hmm. would happen, if not worse. It's so easy to draw parallels yeah, on I what know. would happen in real life if that happened. There's also some, so the performances in this are amazing. Um, Letitia Wright kind of steps up as the main character, sort Shuri. of. Uh. <laughs> Shuri. plays Shuri, the tech wizard from the first movie, is kind of front and center in this one. And um, she gets such a juicy acting role in this because not only is she mourning the lo- a loss, but she's also asked to, to, she's pulled in like two different directions, mm-hmm. one of revenge and one of like honor. And that's like a classic struggle. She, she deals with it so well. She really does. And I was really excited to see how she was dealing with it. And then of course, like all the plans that she had made um, going through like kindness and honor were thwarted yeah. by her kingdom and her family trying to save her from a situation and just ending up making things worse. But we're introduced to a whole new world of yeah, absolutely. of humans, underwater people. Yeah, I believe they're like half Atlantean, mm-hmm. from what I remember from the comics. <laughs> ha- or actually, most of them are Atlantean. But then Namor, who's the the sort of anti, he's like a villain in this ish. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got some humanity in him though, so it's not like a straight villain. Which is, I think they've done really well. Like they've had straight villains, but they weren't always the main villain. Like. Killmonger in the first one, he's definitely a villain and he's real harsh, but you see the reasoning behind it. Yep. So I, I, another th- reason I think these movies do well is because they don't give you the old like, oh, bad guy, good guy, done. And now just punch everybody. Don't, <laughs> and don't worry, there's plenty of punches. <laughs> and that's the fun part. But it's it's more complicated. But yeah, Namor, he's half Atlantean, half human. Um in the comics, in this, I, I don't know if they ever said the word Atlantean uh, with people from Atlantis, but uh, they do have a richer story in the movie than they did in the comics because uh, they go back to like the Mayan ancestors. Yeah, that was really beautiful. And I would think is connecting now with a whole new audience that identifies with that culture yeah. and and maybe their um Latin heritage. So that was pretty cool. I was watching an interview with a gentleman who plays Namor and he was asked in the beginning if he could swim because this role has a lot of swimming in it. And his answer was, I haven't drowned yet. But the real answer was, no, he couldn't swim. And he 
kept that a secret until he got this part, and then he got some swimming lessons. I can't think. And of I kept a, thinking about that every time yeah. he was on screen. I can't think of a better way to say I can't swim is I haven't drowned yet. Right. That's it's, brilliant. It's the truth. Um, I, speaking of him, I mean, there, as I'm watching this movie, I'm reminded of how many of the actors in this movie. I feel like, except for Letitia and possibly, no, I think mostly Letitia was the the one that I was introduced to in the first movie. I had seen everyone else in this movie, you know, the main characters in other stuff and really liked them and seeing them all together was so delightful. But seeing them again now, Mm -hmm. I was immediately like, I want to see every movie by every one of these actors. Because not only are they really good in their roles, there's such charm with almost everyone in this movie that's supposed to have it. And I'm thinking of Winston Duke, who plays who plays Mabaku, who's who's head oh, of the yes. he he's the one that live in the in the, the mountains. mountains. He was very charming the first one because you think he's kind of a bad guy, then he kind of comes around and now he's like a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Um because he's trying to take care and help Letitia uh Shuri, uh, Letitia's character Shuri. Um, but I loved him in Us, and I, there's been a couple things where I'm like, I, he's so, I love a big, big guy who's a sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> I am a sucker for that. And then, of course, um, Lupita Nyong'o is one of the most heavenly human beings I've mm-hmm. ever seen. I could watch the movie without the dialogue and just because all the cinematography was beautiful. The actors were very beautiful and emotive in every scene they were in. And then we haven't even talked about the costumes yet, which is one of the things that I just couldn't get over in the first movie. And they carried that through to this one as well. hundred percent. Yeah. I I don't want to reduce Lupita Nyong'o to just being the most beautiful human I've ever seen. Because she's incredibly talented. Give her more props right now. Incredibly talented. Seems like (laughs) such a kind. I saw this great clip between her and Winston Duke. And they're just so loving and affectionate with each other. I'm like, I want to hang out with you. Can I just be there when you're hanging out? But I do. I my biggest crush of all time. The actors in this movie really seem like they've formed a real bond in real life, which just makes me love this movie even more. They do this thing when they're in public. I don't. It's they have to, they can demand push-ups of one another. <laughs> it was uh, let's never do that to each other. <laughs> yeah, let's agree. Me and you. They will never need to do that. Um, but it was uh, who played oh, Michael B. Jordan. Mm. It was Lupita Nyong'o and Michael B. Jordan were in public, and they're at some event, and she goes push-ups. And he goes, right now, you only do right now. And he was like right in something that wasn't even solid. It was almost like there's like cotton or something. So you had to go down and do a push up. I don't know what the the little thing they have with each other inside joke, but I've seen it several times where they make Michael do push ups. It's really funny. I love it. All right. Christopher Pollard, this movie, I'm going to be bold and say you need to see it in the yeah. theater on the big screen, the way it was intended with the sound and everything larger than life. It'll yeah. it'll lose something if you don't watch it in a theater. For sure. I mean, like you were talking about the costumes and the set design. This is one of the best looking of the Marvel movies that you're going to see. Mm-hmm. Like this, and I think the first, the, not the first, the Thor Ragnarok, which is a funny, fun movie, but it's so colorful. But this one is, in the first one you see Oh, that scene where they do the challenge and there's just this cliffside and all along the cliff are the different, like different groups of people and mm-hmm. they all have their different outfits and they're so colorful and amazing. 
And then this one in the beginning, when they have this memorial, everyone's wearing white with these incredibly intricate designs in them, which is white on white. Mm-hmm. You would think you would lose detail, but there's so much detail in them. The, the photography of that scene is so beautiful and respectful, but also like, it's not just like, I'll set it up in front of them, you know, headshot. It's just like above them. and everything. I don't know. It's just, it's wonderful. And so I definitely think seeing this, all of that magic on the big screen is worth it. That was one of my favorite parts too, Christopher, the way they shot that yeah. um, funeral scene and procession. It was beautiful and it just felt really intimate that you, and you were right there. And I felt myself looking at everybody on the street from everyone that was sad to celebrating and dancing. And I could go back and watch that movie a dozen times and see something new yeah. every single time, which oh, I think is special. Yeah. I think so too. Um, I also just want to say, ha ha ha. I know who the Black Panther is. Yes. Oh, I do too. I'm not going to say it. We're not telling you, but- But I know who it is. That is who I guessed it was going to be. I'm just going to say that. I I really didn't know. I thought there were, I thought there were three very understandable choices. Mm-hmm. I thought one of the choices would have been very interesting to make. And then the other two made sense to me, mm-hmm. like just like, straightforward like yeah that makes sense for one reason or another wait so is the actual choice the interesting one or the one that makes sense to you the i think that (laughs) it was the one it was one of the ones that would make sense gotcha and i think the one that would have been a little bit more interesting didn't happen though i don't think it would I, i in the context of the film that i saw you know that i was thinking this beforehand i was like oh yeah that's perfect Mm -hmm. the way they did it was perfect so yeah, I definitely think you should see them in the theater. I'm gonna make an even bolder statement and say I think you should see every th- every movie in the theater. But that <laughs> is, I know that's an extreme, but I think there's most a of joy them, to that. This one does particularly mm-hmm. make sense to see in the theater. I think though. I'm also a seat in the theater whenever possible person yeah. in case you were wondering. So I'm never going to discourage someone from doing that. I know. I think there's a beautiful. Um, I don't know, you can build, I have a lot of great memories going to the theater as a kid. And just because you can watch movies from the comfort of your house now, which I understand for some people might be more cost effective. There's still some beautiful magic you can make by going to see a movie in a theater with people you love. Yeah, oh, for sure. Even, and this is a thing I like to do, seeing a movie by yourself in the theater, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't like it. It's not as bad as it is like and bad as, <laughs> but eating a meal out, out in public by yourself, that I get why people don't like to do because it's like, what do I do like while I'm waiting? You know, I'm looking <laughs> at my phone, whatever. But when you're in a theater, you're just there to see the movie and like you're immersed. I have had many experiences, not that we're off on this topic, I'm going to riff. But <laughs> jazz. <laughs> jazz, baby. <laughs> um, but I've had so many experiences where I've seen a movie with people and then even seen a movie with less people. Mm-hmm. It feels different. I have a different reaction to the movie. But then seeing a movie in uh, in the theater and seeing it again at home or vice versa. I see it first at home and then in the theater, which mm-hmm. doesn't happen as often. It's like completely different. I feel like when you see a movie at home, some of them, it's like you're really not getting the right um, impact of it. I would love to know our Cinebud listeners, what you guys, have you ever seen a movie in the theater by yourself? Yeah. I'd like to know how many people out there have done it, they love it, or would be willing to try it in in the next couple months and see what your experience is. Because it's really, I agree, there's something kind of special just being by yourself. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll go with you to see a movie by yourself. How about that?
Oh yeah, we'll oh, wait, sit behind com- you. That's complicated. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the opposite of seeing a movie sort by of yourself. Meta. I'll be in one corner, you'll be in the other. <laughs> but do not talk to me. We'll be there somewhere. Yeah. We're always in your heart. Mm, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> the nice thing, then, not. Well, I we I think we both agree uh, the movie is 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 wonderful, and I, I it's not even we have to tell you to go see it. The numbers already conclude you have seen it or are about to. But go see it soon so <laughs> yeah. some of these fun things won't get spoiled for you as this just really takes off and you're going to see the actors and interviews everywhere. So en- enjoy some of the fun oh, experiences. Yeah. And here's a tip from somebody who saw it. Uh, there is a cut scene. Uh, oh, yeah. like, but right at like a pretty quick cut scene. You don't have to wait around too long. I waited to the very end. So do we. And there was n- nothing there. Yeah, You don't have to wait till the very, very end. Um, no. unless that's something that you really love doing, but you know, I don't mind waiting and there being nothing because the times where there is something right after the very yeah. end credits is like, I just feel like I, I'm winning at life. Yeah, exactly. But the one that happened, there's a little bit of a cut scene uh, after like the main big flashy credits and that's worth, worth staying for. Oh yeah. It's a big a big reveal right there. Yes. But now it's time mm-hmm. for what else have you been watching? You go first. Should I go first? Yeah. Okay. I, oh, I saw uh, Don't Worry Darling, which everyone was chatting about mm-hmm. for a while there. That's the one Olivia Wilde directed it is with Florence Pugh, uh, Chris Pine, and Harry Styles. I saw that as well. And there was a, bi- oh, did you? I yeah. did. There was a big kerfuffle when, with all the promotion, someone's maybe sp- bit on somebody else I feel like some of it and then somebody was dating somebody it was like <laughs> all this little hot goss um <laughs> did it kind of so we were just talking about in the Wakanda forever movie all the cast members seeming to get along really really well outside of the movie I feel like I saw all the kerfuffle before I saw the movie and oh, it kind of yeah. tainted it somehow for me before I even got into the theater I just thought Oh, do these people even like each other? I know. Well, I also remember that now I'm remembering that Shia LaBeouf was supposed to play mm-hmm. the Harry Styles part. Yeah. And when I heard that and I was watching, I was like, Harry Styles part in it really isn't that significant, mm-hmm. honestly. And I feel, but I did think that if Shia LaBeouf was in it, it would have been weird. Weird. Somehow I was like, I don't think I like Shia LaBeouf for this either. He's also, I mean, he's he's a challenging fella. Um, and Harry Styles, at least, is a cutie patootie to look at true. on the big screen. How did you think he did? You know, I think he did okay. I've never seen him act in any movies, and I know there's another one out now, Mr. Policeman, yeah. that I am more interested in seeing. I, I know a lot of people were, like, ripping on him. I thought he did a... I th- thought he did a fine job. I waver back and forth of what I actually thought about that movie. Yeah. Um, the There was some great acting in it. I think the idea of the story was there, but then it went in the weird, again, kind of a weird direction. I don't think it needed to go yeah. into. Um, yeah, <sighs> I feel I feel similarly. I Florence Pugh, I think, is a fantastic actor. That's my favorite part. And she's great mm-hmm. in it. Um, and I honestly, that was maybe the most I enjoyed out of it. I thought Harry Styles was, I, again, I would say the same thing, but I'd have a different tone. I go, he's fine. He was fine. <laughs> yeah. I think he's fine. Um, there was nothing particularly, you know, dynamic about that role. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I liked the concept of it a little bit, but it, yeah. that also concept has been done before. It's essentially like Step for Wives mm-hmm. or, you know, Body Snatchers. There's a bunch of different things you can compare it to. 
I don't know. Thought it was. I thought it was uh, fine. I guess when I find myself just thinking about the set and wishing that I had some of the clothes instead of paying attention to the plot points moving things along, <laughs> yeah. that kind of speaks yeah, speaks so for too. itself. So yeah, I would I would love to wear anything that Olivia uh, Wilde's character yeah. was playing in that movie. <laughs> I had the same thought about their houses, which were very like. 50s, 60s mm-hmm. style furniture. I was like, oh, I'd like to have that couch. <laughs> I like that couch a lot. The so couch you, was the star for me. If you'd like to see a movie where you daydream about furniture and clothes, <laughs> we recommend. Yeah. Wait, what was it even called? Uh, <laughs> don't, don't worry, worry darling. darling. Yeah. yeah, That's not a good sign either. Oops, sorry. <laughs> Did you see anything recently? Either movie or TV or book, anything. Um. Ooh, a book. We yeah, get we, to talk we about say, books on this show? We say, what else have you been watching? And we really stretch watching to its... It's a, I watched words on a page. I am going to put a book into my future. Um, We watched the TV show. We are lady parts celebrating Muslim punk in the UK, a punk band. And really it's like kind of a coming of age and fitting in and not fitting in and going against your family values. And usually I love the show because usually it's like the Muslim parents that are really strict and it's the daughter that wants to go out and experience things. And this was kind of the opposite. The parents were very forward thinking and just wanted the daughter to live her best life and to explore who she is. And the daughter just wanted to get married and like go along the, this like path that's set out for people in, of her culture and, it really kind of turns that story on its heels when she meets this gr- this group of um, punk rockers that play in their garage right now. And how yeah. she fits into that group is a really beautiful story. I think it was like a six or eight part series, which is, you know, a UK perfection. Yeah, they, <laughs> they do that right. It's really interesting. Um, there is a documentary we had at the festival that I was desperately trying to find the name of and can't. But it was also about... Um, these women, uh, I don't remember what country it was, but they formed a punk band mm-hmm. and it was just the dynamic between them and them starting it up. Um, but uh, I, that's very similar. It's very similar in style, but it's a documentary. But there is like the, all the drama you'd expect. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one, that one I highly recommend and yet can't give you the title of. But I will, <laughs> on a future show, I will make up for that. You're welcome, podcast listeners. Nothing but high quality here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What's the name of that thing? I can't remember. Yeah, that's right. Ugh. And this is how real we are. This is, the, this is how we show how real we We're are. We're not going to edit this down so everything we say sounds perfect no, in the I first thought. You to Google it and tell me what it is. How about that? Uh, thanks for catching up with me today, Christopher Absolutely. Pollard. Absolutely. And thanks. This was good. Uh, Cinnabuds is produced this week by Mr. Nate Imig. It is. The theme song is done by our very favorite, Brett Newski. Oh, thank you, Brett Newski. And we could not do this show without the support of our wonderful members, both here at 88.9 Radio Milwaukee and at Milwaukee Films. We love you so much. You guys are the best. Until next time. See you soon.